These are exciting times. It's playoff football. My team's not in the playoffs. I'm a Raider fan. So my job is to be a hater. I can't stand the Cowboys. And the only thing worse than the Cowboys are Cowboy fans. So my job for the next few weeks is to make sure that I uh, just be a thorn in their side. To pray that they lose and lose mightily. Yeah, and, and I'd like the Rams to win because they're, they're hometown. But don't clap if you stop being a Rams fan when they move to St. Louis. Only clap if, you were, if you're an OG Rams fan. That means when they were back in L.A. when they had people like Eric Dickerson. And if you don't know who Eric Dickerson is, then you're not a real Rams fan. Some of you don't know about football, so you're like, what are you talking about? Don't worry about it. Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. Today I'm going to be talking about what I believe is going to set the tone for this year. It's probably going to go beyond one Sunday, and that's all right. So I want you to stand now that you've been sitting for 20 seconds. We stand when we read the word of God, and then we'll pray. Exodus chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. It's up there on the screen, everybody. Now, we have these screens up here so that we can read together. I like to do that. I think it's important to read because faith comes by hearing. And then we read out loud because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So that's why I have you read out loud. I don't want you to just sit there, go on MySpace. Is MySpace still a thing? Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and get lost. So that's why we have you read the Word of God so you can stay connected and hear what God is saying to us. So let's read together and out loud. Ready? Read. Wait, here's the thing. The thing about reading is that we all got to read together. Ready? Read. Uh-huh. Say what? The Lord God of your fathers. Egypt typifies the world, slavery, your life before coming to God. Ready? Verse 17, ready? Read. And I have said unto the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites unto a land. Read that last part. Unto a land. Unto a land. Flowing with milk and honey. Now, in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 6, don't read, it's not going to be up there. Follow, it says, be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swore unto the fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do, everybody say to do, according to all that is written therein. For then you will make thy way prosperous, and then, somebody shall, and then, and then thou shalt have good success. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee wherever you go.
bow your head in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is truth. Grant me grace to preach it like you gave it to me. Give these your people an ear to hear it and the grace to apply it. Let your people be edified and let your name be glorified. And this we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody shouted amen. Be seated. What if I stood up here and told you today, you can be a doctor? Did anybody ever want to be a doctor when you were little? Nobody wanted to be a doctor when you were little? Just one, two? Okay, let me, let me rephrase it. How many would like to get paid like a doctor? Uh, I thought that, was, thought that would work better. What if I told you you could be a lawyer? Did anybody ever want to be a lawyer when you were little? Okay, well, what if I said, how many want to get paid like a lawyer? If I stood up here and told everybody here, you can be a doctor and left it there, I'd only be giving you a partial truth. You could be a doctor. You could be a lawyer. You could get paid what they get paid. It's a possibility. But if I didn't tell you the requirements to being a doctor, then I've only given you part of the truth. You see, you and I could be blessed. We can possess the promised land. We can walk in prosperity and favor and receive everything that God has promised us. But the thing about it is, if I were to stand here and tell you, you can be blessed, you can be prospered, you can experience that promised land flowing with milk and honey, without telling you the other side, then, I've ha- then I haven't done my part. Here's a reality, something that we have to embrace. There is a promised land But part of possessing the promised land comes with a process. You can't possess a promise while negating the process. And I expected everybody here to say just that. Nothing. Because we all can admit this. It's all right to admit this. I want the promise of God in my life. Somebody say amen if you want the promise of God for your life. Come on, talk to me now. How many want the promise of God for your life, for your family, your business? How many, be honest in here. How many want to prosper in everything that you do? I do. You ought to lift your hand. You ought to be ashamed of that. I want God to bless me. I want God to prosper me. I want God to prosper my seed. I want to receive the outpouring of his spirit. I want to see his blessing flowing in my life. I want it. Somebody shout, I want it. You ought to say, I want this. I want the blessing of God because it's more important than money now i asked you how many want to get paid like a doctor and almost every hand went up but if you would understand today that the blessing of god will do greater for you than money can ever do because how many know that god can open doors that money can open god can give you a favor that money cannot buy god can do what men cannot do if i told you how many wanted god to be on your side in your corner moving through your life every hand should shoot way up in the air and say i want that in my life See, there are things that money can't do for you. Money can't give you peace that passes understanding. Money can't fix your marriage. You're like, I bet it would. No, it won't. You can be rich. You can be paid and have misery in your home. I promise you. And so the blessing of God makes us rich, but it adds an old sorrow with it. So how many can recognize now that you need the blessing of God in your life? Now, how many can say, I want the blessing of God in my life? Okay, now in order to want the blessing of God, in order to walk in the blessing of God, in order to attain the, the promise of God, there is a process. You can be a doctor 
Amen. I can be. But in order to be a doctor, I got to what? I got to go to school. And after I finish my schooling, I still have to do what? <laughs> I still have to do an internship for years after that. And then I begin. Are you following your pastor this morning? Don't get sad about this. Because this year, 2018, in many ways for us, for me and for the ministry, God has sustained us and he has kept us and we've seen growth. But at the same time, it's been a very hard personal year. It's been a very hard and difficult year in different ways. And many of you can attest to that. Some people had a great year. Some people had a good year. Some people didn't have a great year last year. But whatever your situation is, I believe that this year is going to be a year of promise for us. And I need somebody in faith to stand with their passion and believe that 2019 is a year of promise. Somebody say, 2019. Help me preach. Somebody say 2019 is a year of promise. If you believe that, shall promise. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, this is the year of promise. We must possess the land. Now, I got to give you some background. Moses has led God's people out of Egypt. Egypt is a type of sin. Egypt is a type of bondage. In Deuteronomy 32, verse 48, I want you to read the following. Follow along with me. I'm going to read it out loud. It said, now the Lord, Moses at the end of his life, followed. The Lord said to Moses that day, ascend to this mountain of Abram, Mount Nebo, which is in the land of Moab, opposite of Jericho, and view the land of Canaan, which I give to the people of Israel for a possession, and die on the mountain which you ascend. Be gathered to your people as Aaron, your brother died, and Mount Oren was gathered to his people because you broke faith with me in the midst of the people of Israel at the waters of Meribeth Kadesh in the wilderness of Zim because you did not revere me as holy in the midst of the people of Israel for you shall see the land before you but you shall not go there into the land which I give to the people of Israel get this Moses is 120 how many would like to live until 120 really would you not me I don't want to live until 120 you're old, you can barely walk. Come on now. I'm, 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 I'm about to hit 40 and I wake up with aches and pains. My back hurts. I have a tempur mattress and it still don't do me right. Go to bed sleeping like Bengay. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. Sheets smelling like icy hot in the morning. Y'all don't want to be honest about it. You need help putting on your socks and shoes. Before you used to bounce up like a young and Come on, you used to bounce out of bed, put your kicks on like nothing. Now, like Elder Brown says, now you wake up one portion at a time. <laughs> Only the oldest says, know what I'm talking about. You wake up one portion at a time. What does that mean? One leg. Shoulder. I'm not even going to finish that. Moses is 120 years old, but the Bible says that his eyes didn't grow dim and that he was still strong. His hair is white and long. He had encountered God, had been given the law of God, the Decalogue. He had been given the Ten Commandments to give to his people. But now God instructs him, to, instructs him to climb the mountain. At the end of his ministry, he had been their leader. He had been their lawgiver. He had been their shepherd for 40 years. And now he's at the end of one of the greatest ministries we'd ever read about. God tells him to climb the mountain, and he climbs the mountain. And watch this. He says, climb the mountain, see the promised land, but you're not going to enter into it. Moses, look at the promise. You're not going to possess it. What do you do when you can see the promise but don't enter it? It's a thing. Consider Moses now. You can see it. He's so close he can smell it. He can taste it almost. But he won't enter into it because he would rebel and disobey the word of God. 
I wish, as the pastor of this assembly, I wish that I could see the manifestation of God's promise in your life come to pass. And I wish that I could stand here and say that everybody under the sound of my voice is going to enter into that promise. But here is a biblical reality for you. Ready? Here's a biblical truth. Just because God gives you a promise doesn't mean that there aren't any requirements for you to fulfill. There is a promise from God over your life, but you must obey the word of the Lord to walk in it. I wish that everybody here, I wish that I could tell everybody, you're going to prosper no matter what. God's going to bless you. God's gonna, it doesn't matter. No, I wish that I could do that, but I'd be untrue. It would be the same as me telling you, you can be a doctor one day. You can. You can walk in the blessing of God, and you should want to walk in the blessing of God. You should desire to receive everything that God has for you, but here's a, here's a biblical truth. Not everybody's going to walk into that blessing, and not everybody's going to walk into that promised land. Some of you will climb that mountain, and you'll be so close that you'll be able to see that promise, but you won't enter in. And here's why because the bible says that god told moses in in, in the in the years before that god told moses to speak to a rock so that water would flow out but instead of speaking to that rock moses would strike that rock out of anger and god said because you did not revere me because you did not revere me before the people of israel you will not enter into the promised land you can have a promise and miss it because you fail in the during the process i i need to say that again you can have a promise and miss it because you fail to obey god during the process don't fail to enter into the promised land because you mess up during the process you must abide in faith and say god i'm willing to do whatever you say i gotta do because i know that the promise comes through the process everybody wants the quick fix i want to lose weight i love watching on social media the stories where people put the before picture and the after picture and they're all skinny and looking great i lost 63 pounds because i'm drinking a shake every day and i'm thinking wow i want to look like that but i don't want to put in the work i wish you'd help me preach at abundant life church i want to look good but i don't want to what i don't want to Oh, I wish I could fit into those apple bottom jeans, said that lady, but I, I love cookies and cream. <laughs> apple bottom jeans, cookies and cream. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Everybody wants to possess a thing. We don't want to put in the work and go through the process to receive the promise. That's what's so great about getting to the promised land. You know that you've stood the test of time. You knew that you had to stand in faith. You knew what it took to get there. And let me tell you what happens when the people are given a promise without being made known, without being exposed to the process. It gives birth to a spirit of ungratitude. It gives birth, watch it now, it will produce in them a wasteful spirit. What happens when you give children everything that they ask for without teaching them the value of what you've given them is that they not only don't appreciate what it is that they've been given, but they lay it to waste. I wish parents would help me talk about this thing right now. What happens when you give children everything they want without explaining to them that they have to earn something, that it costs you feria? I wish somebody would help me in here. What happens when you give a kid everything they want without teaching them the value of hard work? What happens to them? Talk to me, Abundant Life Church. Do they take care? I wish somebody would talk to me like, you know, your kids were a little bit spoiled. Come on, I can admit that. My girls are a little bit spoiled, just a little bit. They didn't say amen to that. It's too bad. They're right there. They know I'm telling them the truth. 
We had annual passes to Disneyland, and I and I and I have to I have to re, I have to remind them sometimes. Then they're, they're like, "Oh, can we go to Disneyland?" I said, "No, we can't go that weekend." Like, oh, they get sad, and I'm thinking to myself, "I went to Disneyland mm, 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 zero times when I was little." These people have these peeps, these little human beings have annual passes to Disneyland, and they're sad because they can't go when they want to go. We went to Dad. Where did we go? I'm at Dad. You gotta help me, Dad. Refresh my memory. How many times have we go? You're like, I don't got no memory, son. My dad has amnesia all of a sudden. Hallelujah. How many times did we go to Disneyland? Do you remember? Did we ever go to Disneyland? Where do where, Lake Awea? <laughs> what was that? Salt and Sea? Because the Corvina was hidden back in the day. <laughs> Do you want to know what happens with children? They don't value what's been given to them because they don't understand. I wish y'all would help me preach this. I, I got to shout for, for you to hear the word of the Lord. They don't value a thing because they, ha- they don't know what it took to get there. And so that's why I feel the, old, the Holy Ghost right now. That's why some of you, God has allowed you to go through hell and high water. Because if he gave you what he promised to you without teaching you how to abide in faith, then you wouldn't value what he gives you when you get there. I wish somebody would hear the word of the Lord. I'm trying to make sense right now to everything you've had to endure right now. God, had, I wish you'd help me preach it like I feel it. God had to allow you to go through the process before you enter into the promise. Because he, if he gave you the promise without the process, you would squander and plunder everything that he's about to give to you in your hand so God said I had to allow those people to leave your life I had to allow you to go through the hurt I had to build your faith up so that when you get to the promised land you wouldn't waste it come on so you wouldn't plunder it this is why I allowed you to go through what you went through because I'm about to bring you into a promised land don't be that people that can get close enough to the promise to see it to smell it to almost taste it and not enter in that was Moses's case just because there's a promise doesn't mean that you can walk in rebellion Moses didn't obey the word of the Lord he struck the rock instead of speaking to that thing Moses speaking to the rock has everything to do with your obedience he had to obey the word of the Lord if God tells you to speak to a rock then you need to speak to that rock don't hit the rock talk to it somebody needs to hear the word of the Lord you got to obey his instruction somebody shout hallelujah I want you to prosper. You can be a doctor, but you got to go through the process. Can you imagine if I walked into JFK and said, how's everybody doing this morning? Praise God. My name is Ronan Munoz, but today I'm a doctor. Hallelujah, because God told me I could be. (laughs) What would happen if I burst through that operating room and said, scalpel? Who are you? Well, my name is Ronan. God told me I could be a doctor, and I'm ready to walk into everything God has promised to me. Say what? Where'd you go to school? Well, I haven't been. What qualifies you to operate on me? Well, God told me I could be. But not one of you would let me operate on your body. But here we are in church shouting to high heavens about the promise, but not willing to go through the process. I'm preaching real good, and you're real quiet right now. How many want the promise? 
whoop, how many are ready to go through the process? Half of you. All right, let's try this again. How many want the promise? How many know that there's a process? How many want to lose the weight? We all do, right? Every hand should go up and your feet too. But there's a process. Somebody shout hallelujah if you're hearing me. Now, let's fast forward. Moses is dead. He dies on the mountaintop. Joshua becomes a leader. Everybody say Joshua. Joshua was Moses' right-hand man. He was his personal assistant. And now watch it. We read the verse in Joshua chapter 1. So Joshua is about to lead God's people into the promised land. Now they come, they come to a place called the River Jordan. Everybody shout Jordan. I'm not talking about Michael Jordan. Everybody shout Jordan. I'm talking about the River Jordan. God's people are being led by Joshua, and they come to the Jordan. Moses is dead. The mantle of leadership has been passed to Joshua. And he's about to lead them into the Canaan land of promise. The people mourn Moses for 30 days, but now they're excited like I'm excited, like you should be excited right now. God has given you a new year. It's a time for new beginning. It's a time for you to start strong. Don't only come to church during January. Don't only start your diet and forget it three weeks later. I want to start strong and finish strong. I want to have the same excitement. I don't know who I'm talking to. I want to have the same excitement on December 31st that I have on January 1st. I want to be able to look back and say, God has, come on, God God has been faithful to his word and we have seen the manifestation of his promise. I want to be able to look back at the end of this year and say it was worth it all. I'm glad that I didn't give up. I'm glad that I stood the test of faith. I'm glad that I'm still standing because I've seen the promise of God come to fruition. Somebody shout hallelujah. I want to look back on the 31st of December and still have the same excitement that I have right now. That's what happens. Oh, we, we're resolved to lose the weight. We're resolved to do better. But with the diet goes out the window by the eighth day, we're eating papitas. Come on, talk to me in here. You have hot Cheeto fingers all over again. God brings the people to Jordan. I want to put it up there. So just as God brought the people out of the land of bondage by dividing the Red Sea, God now brings them to the land of promise by dividing the Jordan River. Now, there are three purposes to this, and I'm about to give you the word of the Lord. Here it goes. We're about to be done now. Hear this, hear this carefully. And I want you to take note of this. Write it down in your Bible. Take notes of this somewhere. Get the CD and listen to this word over and over again because this is the word of the Lord for our house. Now, this is going to be more than one Sunday morning message, so there are people that missed it. There are people that are sick, people that didn't come today, but that's all right, because next Sunday, if we're still here, if the rapture hasn't happened, then we're going to continue talking about this word for our year. But God opens up the Jordan just like he did the Red Sea. Are you following me now? Jo Moses is dead. Joshua is leading God's people, and they're about to walk into the promised land. But they had to conquer Canaan land. There's a promise, but the promise didn't come without a conquest. I'm going to say it again. There's a promise. Somebody say, there's a promise. Come on, say it with me. There is a promise. There's a promise for your life, but that promise doesn't come without a conquest. NFL football during playoff time is the best kind of football you're going to watch. Here's why. Because right now, this is when it matters most. This is when the players lay it all out. That's why it's, that's why it's super competitive usually. It's the best football you'll see all season long. Now, I'm sad because the Raiders are never playing during this time. That's why I'm a man of faith, because, because it takes faith to stay. It takes loyalty to stay with that kind of team all throughout your life. And I want to jump ship. I tried to be a bandwagon this year, Dad. I said to myself, you know what? The Rams are in L.A. They're winning. You know what? I I'm a Southern California person. You know what? I'm a Rams fan. But then the Raiders won that Sunday and gave me a little bit of hope to keep on going. I tried to buy a Rams hat at the store. All because of the hat, right? I like the colors. Yeah, I, I even saw my homie, right? He can tell. I was right there like, yeah, I'm going to buy a Rams hat. He's a, he's a witness of it. I said, I'm going to buy a Rams hat because I like the blue and the yellow, that throwback. I like that. 
Ask me if I bought the hat. Couldn't do it. Because when I put it on my head, it's like my hand started to tremble like I'm not a Rams fan. Win, lose, or tie, Raiders. Oh, you already know how it goes. God had three purposes. Somebody shout three purposes. He had three purposes to accomplish. Number one, he splits the Jordan River. And here's, here's the first purpose, to put his confirmation on Joshua as the new leader. Moses is gone. And so God said, I'm about to show the people that there's a new leader that's about to take my people into the promised land. That tells us, put it up there, that tells us that this year is going to be a year of confirmation. Joshua chapter 3, verse 7. This day, everybody read it with me. Ready, go. This day, everybody read it. Ready, go. This day, I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel that they may, that they may, that they may, that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Put it up there. That means, I believe, hear the word of the Lord abundant life, that this will be a season and a time of confirmation and transition. Oh, I wish you'd hear me right now. Some of you that have been on the sideline, get ready. Your sideline season is over. This is a year of confirmation and transition. God's about to put you in a place that you've never been in before. Somebody needs to get excited because you've been waiting and serving. I don't know who this is for. You've been waiting and serving and praying, waiting and serving and praying, waiting and serving and prayer. You've been number two and you ain't mad about it because your desire is to please the Lord your God. You ain't after a title. You ain't after after a position and because the Lord knows you ain't after a title and a position he's about to give you a title and a position this is a year of confirmation and transition get ready you're about to be put in the game somebody shout hallelujah God's been getting you ready somebody shout God's been getting me ready I need you to touch your neighbor and tell him God's been getting me ready God's been getting me ready all that hurt all that hell it was getting me ready this is a season of confirmation and a season of transition. Secondly, that means that this will be a season, I believe, ALC, this will be a season. This will be a season when preparation turns into purpose. This is the season where everything that you went through, hallelujah, is about to be made manifest. This is the season where you're going to say, this is why. God's about to give you clarity as to why you went through what you went through. And not only last year, but in the years beforehand. you got to hear me by the Holy Ghost. God's about to give you clarity as to why you went through what you went through. All of that, see, all of those seasons, all of those lessons were preparation to get you where you are right Right now, you're going to learn how I feel the Holy Ghost. You're going to learn how to thank God for all that trial, all that turmoil, all that trouble. You're going to learn how to thank God for all that temptation that you had to endure. You're even going to learn how to thank God for that infirmity. You're going to learn how to thank God for that thorn in your flesh. You're going to thank God for bringing you all the way low. You're going to thank God for all of the adversity that he allowed you to endure because all it was doing was getting you ready to walk into that promise. All it was doing was getting you ready to walk in your purpose because it does no good it does you no good to have purpose without walking in that purpose for your life god has a plan and a purpose but it does you no good to know that god has a plan and a purpose if you don't ever walk in his plan and in his purpose i know god has a plan i know i'm a person of purpose but it does me no good if i'm not walking in it see we can preach all day and people will get happy people are satisfied with the promise but they don't want to take possession you better hear your pastor. People are happy with the promise, but they don't want to take possession. Why? People are happy with the promise, but not all take possession. People are happy with the promise, but not all take possession. Many are the called. Few are actually chosen. Why? 
because not everybody's willing to put in the work. We all want to look good, feel great. We all want to lose that weight, but not all will do it. Why? Because you don't want to put in the work. I talk about it because it's part of my life. It's part of my struggle too. And we tend to think that the word of God doesn't apply to our real life issues and standards. Let me talk to you about something. I've been big my whole life. We grew up chubby. I lived close to Carl Jr. It was my best friend. It was my faithful companion. Famous stars are what I grew up on. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. Back in the day, famous stars were a dollar. How many know what I'm talking about? I'm almost, how many remember when famous stars were a dollar? Are they still a dollar? Right? Right, Brother Flavio? They're not a dollar anymore, right? I grew up when they were a dollar, and we would walk. We, I grew up on Avenue 5th in Coachella, and we would walk to Coachella after, after school. Come on now. This one, this one, we just, we just walked there. <laughs> My dad had a good-paying job, but he felt like he was making minimum wage because he had three hungry bears at home. One of the hungry bears missing. He always sits right here in the front. He's probably at Carl's Jr. right now. Pray for him. <laughs> Only I can say that's my carnal. Listen carefully. We grew up big. We grew up big. I'm, and the reason I'm sharing this is because these things matter. They should matter to you too. God's plan and purpose for my life is to continue to lead a people of faith, to continue to preach the gospel. I started when I was 25 years old. Many of you don't know me that well. You don't know my story yet. I started pastoring this church when I was 25 years old. All of my mother's membership, little by little, they're gone now. We, don't have, we have but two or three people left from, the, from that time. The hundreds of people that call Abundant Life Church home now, you weren't here when my mother was pastoring. Only a few of you were. So God has raised up a new people. I began when I was at 25 years old. I was much slimmer then. began to put on weight. My mom passed, put on more weight. Ended up reaching 339 pounds. Preaching the gospel doing the work of God, but unhealthy and not feeling well. Why are y'all looking at me real quiet? You see, we talk about real life things, and they're hard for us. Some of you have great call, and the call of God is great on your life, and God has a great plan and a purpose, and we can shout all day about that. But, but, but there are things in our everyday life that we have to walk out in order to walk into that promise and that purpose. Now, understand this. So God, the call of my life and the promise of God and the purpose of God for my life is to preach the gospel. Not only here, but wherever he opens up a door. This, this, this month, I'm going to be in Fresno. And the month after that, I'm going to be in Escondido. And God is opening doors because it's not only here. He said we, wherever he calls us, we go and we preach and proclaim the gospel of Jesus. But the Lord's like, I can't do with you what I need to do with you when your health is deteriorating. I wish you would talk to me at Abundant Life Church. So he said, son, the promise is great, and so is the call. But lose the weight. Whoa. Man. Because people in church, we criticize people who smoke and drink, but we don't know how to push the plate. Y'all are real quiet up in here. Now, it's not that I'm slim and trim. I'm still chubby in all the right places. Praise God. You should have said amen to that. Don't laugh, Tony. You're right there with me, my brother. But last year, watch it, I had to wake up every day and go walking. By the grace of God, lost upwards of 90 pounds. Listen to me carefully. No pills, no shakes, no tricks, no shortcuts. Guess what you call that? Hard work, dedication, and commitment to see those changes come about in my life. Let me tell you why I haven't put it back on. Because I know what it cost me to lose it. You don't think I want a triple-triple? Is that what it's called, Brother Steve? Quadruple? 
You don't do quadruples? I know, that's why you look great. Hallelujah. I'm trying to look like you. <laughs> it's not because I don't want to quadruple by quadruple, whatever it is at In-N-Out. I want an animal style, grizzly bear style, cochilano style, however you want it. I want it to. But there's a moment when you have to prepare to walk in your purpose. And I said, God, I need to lose weight, not only to feel better, but I know what you've called me to do. And I can't preach two services, three services if I'm overweight. I preached back to back and before I couldn't do it, we did it years ago and I couldn't do it because the second service was a watered down version of pastor because I was so tired after the first time. Now I can preach two services and now we preach three services. After this one, I go to Coachella sometimes and preach three services on a Sunday. I'm not telling you that to boast or pop my collar. I'm telling you that at 330 pounds, Flavio, I couldn't do it. It wasn't possible. So there's a call, there's a purpose, there's an anointing and there's a promise, but it requires preparation. Say amen if you're in the house. Now clap if you know I'm telling you the truth. I feel like a papa bear today. I'm, I feel like a papa bear talk, 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 talking to cubs. That's what I feel like. So here it is. There's a promise over your life, but it's going to require hard work and dedication. Get into the word of God. Come on, shut off Netflix and chill for a while and get into your devotional. Pray every day. Begin to dis- And I don't care if you start with one verse a day, little by little. Somebody shout little by little. Come on, somebody say little by little. One verse a day, five minutes a day in prayer. Start right there. Do something. Start small because by the end of the year, you're going to be walking in an anointing. You're going to be walking in that promise. You're going to be walking in what God promised you because you started somewhere. Well, my marriage is tore up. What do I do? Start somewhere. Give her one flower and build up to a dozen. Say, Baby, it ain't much, but here's one rose. I think Baby, I ain't got no money. You married me broke and I'm still broke. But you want to go to McDonald's? You can go big tonight, baby girl, because I love you. But pastor just said we're all chubby, so maybe you shouldn't go big. But either way, I still love you. Somebody shout hallelujah. God's been getting you ready to walk in your purpose. That includes the relationships that you no longer have. You didn't need them. If you needed those people in your life, they'd still be around. Stop mourning them. My God, you're not hearing me. If they were required for your destiny, then they'd still be walking with you right now. But God, has, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. God has separated you from those relationships because he knows that they couldn't walk into the promised land with you. So stop mourning over who's dead. Thank God for who's alive and still standing with you because those are the people that deserve to walk into the promised land holding your hand. Somebody shout hallelujah. Give God a praise in the house this morning. We got to go. Junior, come. Confirmation and transition. Preparation turns into purpose. This will be a season where God's presence abides and assures. He told Joshua, I will be with you. Somebody shout, he's with me. Now, number two, God opened up the Jordan. Let's go quickly to strengthen the people's faith. Let me tell you something. Even though there's a promise, he needs to fortify our faith. I was having a conversation interesting about, about cars yesterday with Brother Sal. I don't know if he's here or not. Uh, I was having a conversation with Brother Sal, and he, we were talking about hydraulics. The hydraulics are what cause lowriders to bounce up and down. How many know what I'm talking about? Nod at me if you, if you know what I'm talking about. So he was saying, yeah, Pastor, I know how to put in hydraulics and whatnot. And he began to tell me stories about how, 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 how they used to hop cars back in the day and put all the batteries and the juices and all that, right, the pumps and all that stuff. He's always used to do it, and we used to go to competitions and all that. And then, and then I asked him, I said, Brother, but, but if you really want to really bounce like that, what do you got to do? Don't you have to reinforce the frame? 
He's like, oh, yeah. You see, if you just want to, you're about to catch me right now. He said, if you just, you just want to go up and down just a little bit, if you just want to raise it up, put it back down, if you just want to go up a little and go down a little, yeah, you might not need to reinforce, but if you're, trying to, if, you're trying to, if you're trying to hop that thing, if you're trying to get that thing off the ground, you're not hearing me with spiritual ears. If you're trying to get this thing off the ground, you have to reinforce the frame. A lot of people, the hot rod is that they put airbags on their car because they just, they just want to pull up to the show and then they want to just drop and just let it rest there. But if you're trying to hop, if you're trying to get it off the ground, you have to reinforce the frame because the weight. Because the weight will, if you don't reinforce the frame, George, when you're hot, when, you, when, you, when that car, it's, what's going to happen is it'll, it'll bend the frame completely and you'll wreck it. So before you start hopping, before you get this thing off the ground, the frame has to be what? Reinforced. The anointing of God is moving through this sanctuary right now. God had to reinforce your faith. It's all right to be honest and say, I had questions about the things of God, about my faith in God even. I had questions. I wasn't sure if I was even, if I was even a believer. I, I, I heard some things. I've been taught some things. I've been to conferences. I've heard, I've heard sermons. But man, I went through a season of doubt. I was just doubting, doubting God, doubting his reality, doubting the reality of his purpose, his call on my life. I was just doubting, doubting, doubting. Can I tell you that God's not afraid of your questions? Some of you know what it's like to doubt him and even to doubt the promise because you thought it wasn't going to come. But God is saying to you right now, I had to allow those things to happen to you to fortify your faith. You don't believe me? Ask Peter. Peter denies Jesus three times. Three times he denies Jesus. A young girl says, you're one of them. He says, no, I'm not. He starts cussing at her. Abandons the rest of his disciples. Watch it now. Jesus dies on the cross. You know the story. Buried, rose again on the third day. He comes back, appears to his disciples. He says, where's Peter? Go and find Peter. Peter comes back to faith, is restored, and is the one preaching on the day of Pentecost. Weeks after denying Christ, it's Peter who stands up there to proclaim, this is the promise that was spoken by the prophet Joel. And thousands of people were saved and filled with the Holy Ghost because God used a man that went through a crossroads of faith I believe that when Peter came back after his failure, he was stronger than he had ever been before. That's why we don't ever write you off. That's why we don't ever quit on you. That's why we don't throw people away. Because God can restore you and put you back into a place of honor. God can restore you and put you back into a place of leadership and purpose. Somebody shout hallelujah like you're alive in this house. Somebody shout, my faith is getting stronger. My faith, my faith is getting stronger. This is going to be a season of fortified faith. Keep going. Put it up there. This will be a season of certain victory. I said certain victory. There isn't a maybe. God will surely give you victory over every enemy without fail. I need somebody to declare without fail. Ready? Go. That's only 50. Somebody shout, without fail. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, God will give you victory without fail
Somebody say, without fail. Without fail. You leave this church saying, without fail. Without fail. God's going to give me victory over my enemies. Without fail. Somebody say, without fail. Come on, whisper it under your bed. Say, without fail. Without fail. Without fail. Come on, sister. Without fail. Without fail. Without fail. God will not fail. He will not fail. Without fail. I will see victory. Everybody that's been struggling. Everybody that's gone back and forth with nicotine. Everybody that's going back and forth with methamphetamine. Everybody that goes back and forth with alcohol addiction. Everybody that goes back and forth in abusive relationship. God is about to give you victory over those things that you've been fighting for a long time without fail this is the year of your breakthrough i'm prophesying right now and you're not hearing me this is your year of victory certain victory god will surely give you victory over those enemies in your life god's about to give you a breakthrough that you've been wanting that you've been missing for years get ready god's about to give you certain victory he will not fail stand to your feet Thirdly, God brought them through the Jordan on dry ground. Somebody shout dry ground to melt the hearts of their enemies. Woo! Misty, come. Jason, come if you're still here. I don't know if Dee's here. Is he here? No. Say yes, <laughs> yes, yes, Lord, yes, we say yes, yes to your word, yes to your promise. You're about to walk through that Jordan on dry ground, dry ground, dry ground. Ramiro, not muddy ground. You ain't going to have to clean off your boots when you walk through. Dry ground. Dry ground, Kenny. Dry ground. Not muddy ground. You're not hearing me. You work for water district, right? Don't you work with water? Dry ground. What do you do sometimes? Well, you're supervisor now, right? So now, let me rephrase the question, Kenny. What do your workers do? Because you don't, you, you just supervise them now, right? Or do you still do some work sometimes? Or do you watch them? My dad used to work for water, so he knows, right? How does it work? Eight guys in a circle, one guy in the hole? I'm playing with you. I do irrigation sites. I'm playing with him. He's looking at me like, yeah, how'd you know, Pastor? You watching me? What was that? That's the other guys. I'm kidding. Answer me this. What does damp ground, what, what, what would it typify, Elder Brown, if the, if the ground that they walked on in Jordan was wet or if it was muddy or if it was, if it was dark even, if it looked like it was wet before, what would that typify? That, 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 if, if, if the water has subsided, okay, follow me. Follow me, church. If the water has subsided, follow me. Look at your pastor. If the water subsided, right, the water split in two. I know it's a miracle. That's what God did. High priests are carrying the Ark of the Covenant. The waters of the Jordan split. Right? You following? Are you following this? 
Waters are wide open. Boom. They're walking through. Ark of the covenant on the shoulders of the priest. They're walking through on dry ground. It doesn't say damp ground. It doesn't say moist ground. It says dry ground. What does that mean? So, so, so if, if, if the ground is, 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 is dry, that means that there is no... I need y'all to really help me bring this home. There, 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 there's no... What would you call that? Huh? But, 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 but spiritually speaking, it's not, it's not even about an obstacle. It means there's not even any... Catch me now. You're close, sister. There's not even no... There's not even... There, ah, now you're hearing me by the Holy Ghost, Sister Cindy. Wait a minute. Now, now, okay, you get a high five for that. So now say it. Now say it. You, you, want, you, want to, you want to finish this sermon for me? Okay, you could. You could preach it for me. Ready? So say that word. There's no what? There's no evidence. They, they still ain't catching you. That means there's no evidence of what? That there was ever any what? Problem. Or that there wasn't ever any what? Water. I wish you'd catch me in the back. Uh, Everybody that sits in the cheap seats in the back. I call those the cheap seats, by the way. That means there wasn't even any, there wasn't any evidence that there was even what that there was ever what Brother Flavio you know that if the ground's wet if there's water there it's even after the water's gone it's going to stay it's going to take time for it to what but not this time my God that's a word somebody say not this time you need to say that in faith somebody shout not this time Declare that over your family. Somebody say, not this time. You're not hearing me. Other years you made promises, but then you ended up going back to sin, but not. You need to declare this other times. Come on, it was good for a little while, but then it went back to hell, but not. Somebody declare, not. I wish they'd hear this. Not. You're going to walk on dry ground. And dry ground means that there ain't even going to be any evidence that you ever. If this word gets in your soul, my God, it'll keep you. I have a word. Here it is. Ready? You're going to walk through on dry ground. That means there ain't even going to be any evidence that you ever went through what you went through. God's about to. I wish somebody would shout over that right now. There's not even going to be any evidence that you. I wish you would hear me right now. God's going to do such a miracle that it's going to be as if it never happened. I wish somebody would shout like you know it's the word of God. Watch it. He melted the heart of the enemy. That means the enemy gave up. They, they lost heart. Their enemies lost heart. He literally ripped the heart out of their enemies when all the kings, Joshua 5 verse 1, when all the kings of the Canaanites that were by the sea, when they heard that the Lord had dried up the waters, watch it, they, that they had crossed, that when they heard the Israel cross over, their heart melted and there was no longer any spirit in them. God's about to take the spirit out of your enemies. Ooh. 
This will be a season of conquest. There's a promised land, but you got to conquer it. There's going to be some battles this year, but God promises a certain victory. This will be a season of conquest. Number two, put it up there. Lastly, this will be a season of table setting in the presence of your enemies. Thirdly, hallelujah, and we're done. This will be a season of the blessing. Ready? The blessing. Oh, I know you just want it to be the season of blessing, but it's the blessing of obedience. You want the promise? Shout yes. Oh, I wish you stay alive. You want the promise? Shout yes. You want the promise for your life? Shout yes. You want the promise for your family? Shout yes. Obey. Walk it out. Say yes to the promise of God. But be willing to obey the word of the Lord. Not everybody's going to enter in, and I wish everybody would. I wish you would today say yes, Lord. Yes to your word, yes to your will, yes to your way. I wish you'd enter into this year saying, yes, God, this will be a year of conquest. This is a year of promise. And I'm ready to obey as you would lead. And I want us to sing this song. It's in my spirit. Play a little. Don't be scared to play that. And we say yes. We say yeah. And now that's all this says. We say yes. Yeah. I need you just to lift your hand and say yes. Yes, yes Lord. Lord. Yeah. Lift your hand and say, we say yes. We say yes. Come on, just say yes to the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. I dare you to say yes. Yes, Lord. Yeah. If you believe God's promise, sing it out. We say. We say yes. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yeah. We say it. We say yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yeah. One more time, everybody sing. We, we say, say yes. 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 Come on, help her sing it. We say yes. We say yes. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes. We say yes. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes. Everybody together, we say yes. Come on, y'all.